We could, when the world turns against us, despair. Or we could think that God has abandoned us. Or we could perhaps just cave in. But our God fights for us. Look what we see here in Romans 8 as Paul says, we have nothing to fear. This message is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Ancient faith for today's world. February 18, 2024. Romans 8, verses 31 to 39. Have you ever felt like the whole world was against you? If you're able to make it to our Bible study last week, we were looking at a man called Athanasius, and he stood up for the truth that Jesus is the Son of God in the face of the lies trying to turn the people aside from that. And at first, many agreed with him and supported him, but soon things turned for the worse. And because Athanasius would not let go of that truth that Jesus is God's Son, our Savior, for fighting for us, the whole world around him seemed to start fighting against him. In fact, it was only a few years after they had confessed the, the creed that he was instrumental in forming the Nicene Creed that Constantine, the emperor, turned against Athanasius, saw him as a disturber of the peace, and about a decade later, he ended up being exiled by Constantine. And the enemy of the church, Arius, was brought back. And some of Athanasius' friends betrayed him and swayed sides against him. In fact, they mocked him, slandered him. Five times throughout Athanasius' lifetime, the various emperors of the Roman Empire would send him off to exile. They mocked him for his short stature, and they called him the little black dwarf, apparently also mocking this Alexandrian bishop's complexion. And they did everything against him, and they slandered his name and accused him of many wrongs that he was innocent of. And that said at that time, Athanasius contramundus. That's a phrase that comes from that time, meaning translated Athanasius contramundo, or Athanasius against the world. Maybe you haven't felt that way, that the, the whole world was turned against you. But certainly the, the truth stands that if you are part of God's church and you're holding to the truth and you are finding Christ fights for you, the rest of the world will be fighting against you and standing in opposition to what you believe. Well, how can we stand up in all that? How can we overcome a world against us? Today we turn and see what makes our faith unlike any other religion of this world. The Christian faith is a religion so different because we overcome all with God's love. That's what we'll see as we turn this morning to Romans chapter 8 as the Apostle Paul addresses this. Certainly, if, if you are in Christ and you are holding to the truth, don't think that your life is going to be easy. In fact, you can expect much the opposite. Look at what happened with God's people throughout the pages of Scripture. You have someone, even like Abraham, finding that armies were attacking his friends and relatives. And you have the people of Israel in Alexandria and in parts of Egypt long before Athanasius was persecuted in Egypt. And there, the people were slaves for hundreds of years. 
And the people of God were oppressed over and over as we see people like David being pursued by Saul who hated him because he worshiped the Lord. And we see the jealousy and the hatred against the people of God over and over with the prophets. People like Jezebel, the queen, would hunt down the prophets of the Lord. And the people of God suffered. And it was the world against them. And then that's what Paul gets to. He recognizes that's our circumstance. Paul, the apostle, writes in Romans chapter 8 about this very thing for us, that there will be many forces, even the spiritual forces of evil, fighting against us. That's just what Paul had experienced. It was, it was basically the world against Paul. He writes about that in 2 Corinthians 11 as he says, Are they servants of Christ? I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent night and day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and had often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. It was basically Paul against the world, it seemed. And he knew that we, as God's people, would be very much feeling at times the very same thing. In fact, when you look around you today, the Christian church is, in fact, the, the largest single religion in the world. But despite that fact, there are more countries than any other that persecute the religion of the Christian faith in this world. More official leaders and countries that attack Christianity than any other single religion. And despite being the largest majority religion in the world, it is also one of the fastest losing members in the world. It is the world against those who hold to Christ. And really, the, the same is true here not just in places where Christians are being killed around the world in the heavy persecution, but here. In fact, picture if you were a, a college student today going to a university campus, and if, if you went to the average university campus, not only would your professor be against you and your faith, but probably many of those other classmates and peers would be against you. It is the world against those who faithfully hold to the truth of Christ. And I don't know how much persecution you've experienced, but whether past or future or present, it will come. What does a Christian do when you've got the, the entire world against you? The Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 8 for our comfort. We could, when the world turns against us, despair. Or we could think that God has abandoned us. Or we could perhaps just cave in. But our God fights for us. Look what we see here in Romans 8 as Paul says, We have nothing to fear. What then shall we say in response to all these things? As he talks about God's rescue plan. If God is for us, who can be against us? You know, the words of David in Psalm 124 remind us that if God had not been for us on our side, 
we would have been overwhelmed. We would have been swept away and overcome. But Paul knows what David also knew. God is for us. He is fighting on our side. And so he says, who can be against us? And how much is God for us? Even as it seems everyone around you and everything is against you, it says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will we not also along with him graciously give us all things? This is how much God is for you. He didn't hold back his son. The Son of God came to this world in human flesh because the Father's will was he would come. And he did not withhold his Son even though the world was against Christ and the world was truly against him as his friends abandoned him and betrayed him and the governing authorities conspired together to have him crucified and he was mocked, beaten, and died. The world was against him, but he came for us. God did not withhold his son who came for us to fight in our place, to face what we could not. And he was for us on that cross as he took away our sins. God would not spare his son if that's what it would take to set you free. If this is how much God loves you, what need you fear? Won't he give with Christ everything? And who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Sometimes it might be the world might attack Christians and say, well, look at you, you're sinners, you don't deserve any goodness. But you are chosen by God. It is God who justifies. God has declared you innocent. But what about when that guilt comes and you, you start to feel not only the world against you, but you realize your own guilt and sin and your conscience speaks out and you can't stand because you've been separated from God even by your own evil actions, something you've done in the past that just separates you. Here we see more truth. Not only does God justify, it says, who is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, was raised to life, is at the right hand of God interceding for us. If you feel like people are pointing out your sin, and they want you to stick in shame. And maybe you have a church body that's failed you and they won't speak up for you when you're struggling with that guilt. God is not speaking against you. And even as all others point their finger at you and you feel that shame and that guilt, there's Jesus at God's right hand speaking on your behalf. That is one for whom I died. God is for us. The living, risen Jesus is fighting for us and speaking in our defense. Who shall separate us then from the love of Christ? If our guilt is gone, if God has covered the price of our sin and continues to intercede on our behalf, if no one, not even the devil, not even our own guilty conscience can speak against us, who will separate us from the love of God in Christ? Paul says, shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? What could we face in life? What could any Christian face that would separate them from God? The sons of Korah are quoted, people commissioned by David to write music. This is our condition. For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. The world might mock, persecute, withdraw away from us all that we have and hold. 
Christians in the early church lost their homes, lost their lives. That could happen to us in the future. It's happening to Christians today. But can that separate us from the love of God? Paul says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. That is, we overcome through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life. Can death and life separate you from God's love? Jesus rose. He conquered death. And if your life should go on and God has a purpose for you, it's there because God loves you and has you serving him in his kingdom. And if your life might be taken from you, Jesus grants you the gift of eternal life in his kingdom. What about angels or demons? Might they come and cause fear or separate us from our God? Angels are sent to watch over you, but even if they fail and the devil comes to attack you with his forces of spiritual forces of evil, they cannot win. The devil has been conquered by Christ. He has been crushed and defeated by the cross and his resurrection. And the devil stands condemned and he knows his time is short. Spiritual forces of evil are nothing against the love of God that is yours. What about any powers? Think about the authorities of this world, the governing authorities that might threaten you if you hold to Christ to toss you into prison or to take away your money or to take away your land or possessions. Can the governing authorities separate you from God's love? They can take all we have, but they cannot take our soul and the gift, the inheritance that is ours in the kingdom of Christ. And then Paul says, neither height nor depth. You could be locked away somewhere. You could be separated from the people of God. You could be all alone, but it can't separate you from God's love in Christ. And after Paul has listed now 10 things, he gets to the final. He says, nor anything else in all creation. What else do you fear? that might separate you from the love of God? What else do you fear might make you feel swept away and overwhelmed? You know, if you listen to surveys today, one of the things that a lot of people are suffering today is feeling alone. Part of that has to do with social media and people are not seeing people face to face, but loneliness is a plague in today's society, at least in our culture. And a lot of people report feelings of loneliness and the fear of being alone. Maybe that's something that is one of those other things in all creation that we're up against. Christians certainly can be made to feel alone. Death can make you feel alone as your loved ones die. You might feel alone as your guilt causes you to be broken in relationship from someone you love, or your guilt might separate you from your family or from your church home that has failed. And you and your guilt might feel lonely. Or maybe you might feel just alone because some circumstance or situation, that too cannot separate you from the God who said, I am with you always, and never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. doesn't matter things to come or present things. Whatever your circumstance, whatever you are up against, even if it's the world against you, God is for you, and with God for you, you can be certain that you can overcome all things. In Christ, amen. Amen.